Welcome, Pewter Report readers, listeners, and viewers to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius. I'm John Ledger to PewterReport.com. With me today is Scott Reynolds, also of PewterReport.com. And we are talking a little Bucks Saints action for what we think will be the final time this season. There's always <laughs> that potential playoff matchup between these two teams that looms if the Saints are to get their act together here a little bit with the season. The Saints Scott, but aren't dead yet, but the Bucks are. can help bury him on Sunday they night. They really can. That's like, there are so many storylines to this. Obviously, the Bucks winning the first NFC South title since 2007 is on the yeah. table, clinching the playoffs. You know, not getting swept by the Saints again in the regular season like what happened last year, Scott. But by and large, <laughs> there's also the opportunity to totally derail the Saints season here. That's something yeah. that is kind of fallen by the wayside as a storyline. Yeah, I mean, the, the Buccaneers are helping themselves towards winning the NFC South title. And they're also knocking teams like the Falcons a couple weeks ago and then the Saints perhaps on Sunday night down a peg. And uh, the Buccaneers got some really good news on on um, on Monday, John, when when the Rams beat the Cardinals. That puts essentially the Bucks, Packers, and Cardinals record-wise in a tie situation. There's still some tiebreakers that will be sorted out as the season progresses. But we also found out uh, today, and we'll get to the Bucks injury news in just a little bit, as you mentioned. But uh, some big news coming out of Arizona: mm-hmm. DeAndre Hopkins out for the the rest of the season with a knee injury. That's Re- not going to, yeah, regular the regular season. season yeah, correct. Yeah. That's that's not going to help the Cardinals' chances of no. of uh, hanging on to that that number one seed position. And um, uh, not saying the Cardinals can't, but I think they've got a match with the Cowboys coming up, right? So they do. Yeah, they have a couple of tough games still yeah. coming up. Yeah. So yeah. it's going to be Buccaneers, as you mentioned in in your Bucks briefing. Great column, by the way, on PeterReport.com. Make sure you check out John's. Latest Bucks briefing. Uh, the Bucks do have the easiest schedule. Uh, this game on Sunday is not going to be easy, John. But after that, it looks like you know the skies yeah. seem to part a little bit, and maybe the sea parts for the Buccaneers, and that ship rolls right towards an undefeated record here the rest of the way. Yeah, this is. I can't wait to talk about this Bucks Saints game because of the storylines, plus the intrigue of just the matchup in general, regardless of the storylines. But just looking at the Cardinals, it seems like they've they've done this before, right? They've started started hot, not as hot as they started this year, and they honestly they honestly look good at losing to the Rams. I know some people might not want to hear that, but they yep. they had what an interception at the goal line, and then they yep. threw one at, near their own goal line. Yeah, that That's was basically those were the game. game changers. Yeah, right. big time. And yeah. and yeah, again, we're always process oriented, so it's like okay, how many times is that going to happen? You know, how does that impact the result of the game? Rams played great. They deserve all the credit in the world, but I don't think the Cardinals, it was like this, oh, they got exposed performance. They made a couple crucial mistakes. No question about it. They deserve to lose the game, but I still think this is a good football team, but without Hopkins and Kyler's not 100% and their offensive line looks like it's getting exposed a little bit more. It's hard to survive the way, not injury-wise, although that too, but the way Kyler plays where he invites pressure constantly. I mean, right. how many times does he get out of the back? Like just crazy oh, yeah. pocket maneuverability that is not work for any other quarterback really. Right. And he makes it work. And so I think it's just hard to be consistent that way. So I'm, I think Arizona I'd have behind Tampa and the Packers right now. I think so too. The it interesting thing the about the Packers, they've got a, a more challenging schedule than the Buccaneers down the stretch and Aaron Rodgers admitting that the toe got a little worse on Sunday, right? It's yeah. not going to get better. And trust me as, as as it gets colder up in Green Bay, 
I mean, there's a frozen tundra up there, folks. It's mm-hmm. legit, right? I mean, it's it gets cold, <laughs> yeah. and uh, you know, not not that the walking on on grass is uh, you know is is beneficial to a, a kind of a broken toe, yeah, uh, whatever toe ailment he's got going on, but certainly harder frozen ground. Like they're yeah. going to have a later December and January up in, in, in Lambeau is not going to help either. It's just, he's hilarious to me. Like it reminds me so much of Ben Roethlisberger. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm seriously hurt. I'm like this and that. And then they go ball out and have yeah. like their best game. And it's like, right. oh, it got worse today. Like we looked yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, you know, so, but we'll see. We'll see if hey, it impacts John, him or not. As long right, as it's not the right shoulder or the right yeah. hand, right? That's, I mean, it's okay. With a, yeah. When, when I see the results on the field start to reflect something, then I'll start to be like, oh, right. wow. Like this, you know, but right now he looks pretty good. So we'll see. Again, Buck Slate is, is obvious in front of them. They, need to win out there's no reason why they shouldn't win out it starts with the saints and so we'll talking about them uh here in a second scott but first gotta shout out our title sponsor our friends over in celsius celsius powers active lives you got there john essential functional energy and i've got the tropical vibe believe it or not when you try this scott you're not going to believe this but there's no sugar in it it gives you all the energy you need i believe there's no crash either it's crazy yeah i I had the orange today i had a tropical vibe the other day and uh I've got a peach vibe sitting in the fridge for tomorrow, right? It's oh, you're already ready. Well, peach vibe is kind of like on the outside looking in. It's at outside of my top five, but it's probably number six. And so I, I never get tired of the flavors, though. That's the thing, John. And the reason why is because all of these flavors, I don't know what they do. I don't know what type of mad scientist they have in the lab, but like Fuji apple pear tastes like Fuji apples and pears. Orange tastes like orange. Strawberry guava tastes like if you have strawberries and guava and you squeeze them together in a mm-hmm. sparkling energy drink, that's what you're going to get, folks. Wild berry, even the cola flavored, which we don't talk about enough, tastes yeah. like cola. I'm not going to mention any brand names, but if you if you like cola flavored, try the cola flavored Celsius. So where can you yeah. get these, these amazing flavors? Well, the great thing is you can... Go to pewterreport.com and you're reading John's stories and Matt's stories and mine and Casey's and and JC's stories. Uh, Look for those Celsius banners on the site. Click on them. Put in your information. that will take you to a store locator or just go to Celsius.com. Click on the store locator. Type in your your zip code. You'll see all these stores pop up, convenience stores, grocery stores, health and fitness stores. And then try these flavors. Once you find the ones that you like, it's going to be a lot of them, folks. Go ahead and subscribe and save on Amazon. They ship them right to your door, John. You know this because you do it too, and mm-hmm. you save money on every case. Yep, it's great stuff. You know what else is great stuff? Buck Saints matchup, Scott. They yes. are great stuff every time that they come on pretty much. Not the result all Not the, the results, time. Not the results, yes. But the, <laughs> exactly. but the result of the playoffs was, and then they come back yes. and I think played a game where it indicated to me that they'd solved the Saints in a lot of ways in terms of the defense of you know, how do the, you know, the Saints are shutting down the Bucks offense. I think that they they had enough in that game that made me think, okay, they, they can beat this defense like schematically. They know how to do it now schematically. Right. Obviously, a couple of the turnovers were unfortunate and their timing and the Saints made some plays, give them credit. Um, but I felt like schematically, I felt a little bit more even on that side of the ball. Let's talk yeah. about the Saints offense first. Taysom Hill is a quarterback. Yep. This offense has been the Saints scoring production has been aided against the Bucs by pick sixes, like in a fluky sense over the yes. past couple weeks, but they've still scored points on the Bucs defense despite really, I mean, Drew Brees even toward the end was not great. Obviously last year was not great. You know, they've had limitations at quarterback and still put up points on the Bucs. So the fact that they're going into this one with Taysom Hill, a quarterback, I 
still am not that relaxed. Taysom Hill is not good, but he's not horrific either, and he definitely can make plays with his legs. Two words for you, John. Trevor Simeon, okay? <laughs> I wasn't too afraid of yeah. Jameis Winston, to be perfectly candid, in that yeah. game. The Bucks knocked Jameis out, and if you remember, Trevor Simeon came in and ended up uh, beating the Buccaneers and, and beating them quite handily. You know, there's Jameis getting yeah. tackled, and and uh, you know he was dancing on his crutches in the Saints locker room, eating more W's against the Buccaneers for these just quality regular season wins, John. But um, – <laughs> But yeah, I mean, but Simeon I, was the one who let him up. And it was like, Simeon was was the one who who did the most damage. There's no doubt about it. So I, I just think that that uh, the interesting thing about this matchup for the Buccaneers, the timing couldn't be better because I think that there's more film now on you know on Taysom Hill in terms of of some of his strengths and weaknesses because he's a guy that that only has a handful of starts as a quarterback. He's been used as a Wildcat quarterback. He's a runner. He hurts you with his with his legs, uh, probably even more so than his arm. But the thing is, is the the Buccaneers have have seen him as a runner. He's done some damage to the Bucks in the past, and uh, you know, so they, they've got to do a much better job of corralling him. And and you know, and and I, listen, if I'm Todd Bowles, given the Saints' lack of weaponry, and and the reason why I say that the timing is 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 great is because last week. They faced a guy in Josh Allen, and with Allen being, you know, a, a running quarterback who can throw. And even Arian said this on Monday when we asked him about the fact that Taysom Hill is coming on the heels of playing Josh Allen. I think it helps the Buccaneers because they, they got to look at what a real running quarterback can do, uh, and a guy that can throw the ball even better than Taysom Hill. And that's one thing that Bruce said is, that, you know, Taysom Hill is not the passer that Josh Allen is. Allen ran for 100 yards. Taysom Hill ran for 111 yards against the Cowboys, over 70 yards against the Jets last week, and two touchdowns. So he's a dangerous dual threat. If I'm Todd Bowles, though, what I'm doing is I am bringing the house, man. I am, I am, I am putting so much pressure on this guy. I am making him beat me with his arm. And I think that the the more people they can send to Taysom Hill, the better, John. I, I'm I'm I'm. This is the game where I break from the norm with the soft zone stuff. I play man, and I go after this guy with multiple people. Now, I do realize that man, that that creates some problems, right? Because if you allow him to escape, you got a lot of defensive backs with their back to the, the ball, and then you, know, you, you could spring Taysom Hill unexpectedly for some big runs. But that's how I would attack him. I would just go after this guy, try to get as many sacks as possible because he has been sacked five times in the last two games combined. Yeah, and there's a number of things to talk about in terms of the Saints' offense. I believe Dante, Deontay Harris is still suspended. Obviously, Michael yeah. Thomas doesn't look like he's going to play at all this season. So they are kind of hurting at receiver. You could argue those are two of their most explosive guys. They have not been a good receiver group at all, really. They cut Kenny Stills, I think. I mean, Kenny Stills is a pretty decent player for a lot of his career. He couldn't even cut it there. So Sean Payton, by the way, didn't attend practice today. He was feeling under the weather, so he was working from home. I mean, that's crazy. Like on a Wednesday for an NFL coach to do that, yeah. it may, really makes you wonder what, what his status is. So we'll just wait and see rather than speculate. But uh, Cam Jordan, I believe, was he on the COVID list last week, I think? And so I, we'll see what his status is. He and Mark Ingram were not at practice yeah. um, today. So there's still a lot of question marks with the Saints. They are getting healthier at some spots. Uh, just in general, Alvin Kamara's back, and that'll obviously change some things. Sean Payton's talking about how they got to pass the ball in this game. And I believe him. I'm not saying he's wrong. But it's just hard for me to like look at the personnel that he has and think, 
Nah, I can't find a way. I can find a way to run against the Bucks, whether it's trying to spread them out and get them into nickel and dime, where other teams have had success against them. It feels like I think the Saints are going to try and exactly what they're going to do. Yeah, yeah, and I I think that that they're going to try to try to use you know a lot of of Camara. They're going to you're going to get a heavy dose of Camara. It's going to be the Camara and the Taysom Hill show. And I think you know we saw Camara last week against the Jets. Now, granted, it's the Jets, but I mean, mm-hmm. he had 120 yards that matched mm-hmm. his season high. He had 120 yards against the the Giants earlier. He had 120 yards against the Jets. So he loves taking it to the Big Apple. There's no doubt about it. But he had a touchdown, averaged 4.4 yards a carry with a season high 27 carries. So I think what you're seeing is Sean Payton adapting to to Taysom Hill and not putting the game entirely on his shoulders. Taysom Hill only threw the ball 21 times. Uh, now, granted, they're playing the Jets. They had a big lead, and so the the game didn't really facilitate that. But mm. Hill did get sacked three times. He threw the ball 41 times against the Cowboys, only completed 46.3% of his passes through four picks and two touchdowns. So I, I think that, that you're going to see Taysom Hill kind of play that Jameis Winston style of game, right? Where Sean Payton's going to say, I'm going to limit you. You're going to be the the point guard, the game manager. Yeah, We're, we're going to let Kamara win this game for us. Yeah, it's just funny. I mean, Taysom Hill has such a bad arm that I just, you know, the Bucks have been so good at taking away the deep ball. Yep. I wonder if this is the game where they just dare him to make a play down yeah, the field. I mean, I would. no quarterback would. throws the ball where it travels longer in the air down the field. Like Taysom Hill's deep shots, I mean, that thing is just up there and up there and up there. I mean, it's crazy how long the ball hangs in the air when he throws it down the field. Yeah. It's just so unique for compared to every other quarterback that I'm just like, man, I wonder if you just like count on the fact that this guy can't do this and you, and he doesn't really drive the ball that great too beyond the intermediate portions of the field. So right. I just wonder if you play so much more aggressive in coverage and jump stuff. And I was because he's just so, yeah, I, I don't think enough teams have have just challenged him. You know what I mean? I, I agree. Play Trevor, play. Trevor Simeon is a classic pocket passer. That's what he does best. Mm-hmm. He, um, this sounds funny, but he can carve you up, right? If you don't get pressure on him, which the bucks didn't and you play soft coverage. If you, if you give Trevor Simeon something, he will take it. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, right. and, and that's, that's exactly what happened. The bucks, you know, got what one sack on him, the Ndamukong Kasu sack mm-hmm. late when it really didn't matter. You know, and I think maybe Golston had a sack as well, kind of in garbage time. No, that was against the Rams. Sorry, wrong game. But the, no turnovers by the Bucks defense. They were playing yeah. really soft. They didn't put themselves in position to really take the ball away. So, John, I'm with you. I, I think you you go after Taysom Hill aggressively. And the thing too is, this is a big dude, right? I mean, this is this is a big guy. Similar to to Josh Allen, he's he's smaller, but honestly, I think he runs harder. He's six two two twenty one, very strong. Yeah, and uh, you might need a couple guys to bring him down the way the Bucks miss tackles, John, and miss sacks this year. So that's right. that's kind of why I'm saying send the house at this guy because if you send Devin White on a blitz and he's got a point blank opportunity to take Taysom Hill down, it doesn't mean it's going to happen. Same yeah. with Shaq Barrett. Same with with Joe Tryon Shoinka. Right, and right. you know, and and. Uh, yeah. JPP as well. They've all and in his stats. career, Hill hasn't been like this great creator out of structure. Where obviously Allen can be because Hill doesn't have that arm. Like he can't throw right. from all those platforms and and be accurate in tight windows and stuff. Yeah. So I, even if you don't finish as often in this game, I don't think it's as scary as letting Josh Allen out of the pocket or Jalen Hurts out of the pocket. We talked about that early in the season where those guys have pretty outstanding arms right. and can make plays down the field when your coverage breaks down if they get out of structure. 
uh, that's just not really Taysom Hill's thing either. So I'm, I'm in favor of an aggressive approach for sure. I'm in favor of the fact that taking advantage of the fact that Sean Payton is going to be like, hey, we got to get the ball out quick. You're known for holding it. They're going right. to get you if you hold it. We got to get the ball out quick. Well, you know, jump stuff, play tight, make him go to his second read, you know, those kind of things. That's mm-hmm. not how Taysom wants to play quarterback. If you make right. him go to his second read, he's going to panic in the pocket and he's going to try yep. to run. And so there's a lot of ways you can defend him that I think you can be successful. I don't think that he's the dynamic threat. You just can't be sloppy. You can't blow yep. coverages and you can't miss a ton of tackles. Which I just wrote an article about at PeterReport.com, but the Bucks are yep. now after that game against the Bills where they missed Josh Allen point blank. It still was effective uh, for right. sure. For example, the pressure that they created resulted in Sherman's interception thanks to Joe Trinchenko after Barrett missed the tackle. But the missed tackles for the Bucks are piling up. They lead the league now in missed tackles. So that's yeah. got to be cleaned up moving forward. They actually have more missed tackles this season, two more missed tackles this season, Scott, than they had all of last regular season. So and there's still some games, games to play. 16 games, yeah. yeah. They've already bypassed it. So it's concerning. It has to get better. Last year was not really an issue compared to other teams around the league. This year, it's definitely an issue for them. So if they can clean yeah. that up, and Kamara's part of this too, right? The Bucks have, oh, yeah. for all the struggles we talk about, I've seen people in the chat saying, you know, Bulls like got, you know, gets wrecked by Sean Payton. It's kind of true, but it's weird that it's true because he's taken away Alvin Kamara like every time. Yeah. And honestly, most of the time, at least the last two years, he's this year, obviously, Thomas hasn't played, but. Last year he took away Michael Thomas and it right. just in all three games really and it just didn't yep. matter. Like they found other guys and they <laughs> used right. they were throwing at tight ends and throwing at Deontay Harris and you know they just Peyton's always got answers. But this year the the Saints don't really have that kind of talent. So right. if they can keep doing what they've done against Kamara, I mean even earlier this season, Kamara nineteen carries, sixty one yards, and right. he had that's, that's three fatal. catches right. for six for fifteen yards. I mean he averaged yep. three point two yards a carry. And he had three catches for 15 yards. He averaged five yards a catch. That's nothing. If he yep. does that, there's no like, there's no way the Saints can win, right? Like that's the look <laughs> they won. It's just crazy. Yeah. John Hizo eight one three asked a great question, and it's on my mind too. So, how did Taysom Hill earn that big contract extension again? Now, this is really the second time he's seen a ridiculous payday, right? I mean, when Drew Brees was you know was on the way out. Uh, you know, Peyton and and uh, Loomis made him um, a rich man, I, and I don't know why because nobody does. He's a tight end, running wildcat quarterback, kind of a quarterback kick return guy, and then they commit to him again, which I'm sure made Jameis Winston feel really wonderful since he beat Taysom Hill out for the starting quarterback job in training camp. What are they doing, John? What are they know. doing with this guy? Meanwhile, Jameis was playing for like chump change. He's I know. He wanted him last season. Get horse collars up in the knee goodness. for chump change, man. Jameis has got peanuts. While wow, the love affair with Taysom Hill knows no yeah, bounds. It continues to go on. And Can you the explain funny thing it? Is, Taysom Hill is somebody that everybody would like to have on their, t- on their team. Like, but not for sure. Quarterback. He plays special teams and you can give you five crazy snaps a game on offense right. and but like, what are we? Why are we paying him this kind of money? Like everybody yeah. wants him, but he's a he's a bottom of the roster player. And even yeah. for the Saints, he's a bottom. Of the, like until right. this, you know, three, two, what? Jameis and Sim, Jameis got injured. Simeon was he injured or benched or both? I don't remember. Like only that situation has resulted in Taysom being a quarterback. You know, ordinarily he's a bottom of the, like even for the Saints, yeah. they have their druthers. He's a bottom of the roster guy, but they just love him. Like they love they him do. and they don't want him to leave. He's thirty. He's gonna be thirty-two. Yeah, I mean, to give that kind of money to somebody like that, I, I, there's no words for it, man. Like, yeah, see, that's the thing. He's not even like this 
26, 27 no, year old, not even like this upside. Like young development guy behind the scenes. This is a guy that 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 Sean Payton has known for quite some time. Obviously, sees something in it that no one else sees. Mm-hmm. No one else sees. Yeah, and no one. I don't know that Peyton. The weirdest part about it is that I don't know that Peyton even. I know that. I mean, it's clear, right? Peyton doesn't really see him as their quarterback of the future or anything like no. that. They'll probably be major players for Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson in the offseason, you know, and we'll just have to see how everything plays out uh, with their cap situation. Obviously, there's ways you can always got this contract extension after he lost the starting job to Jameis Winston. Yeah, that's what does riddle me that bad. Like it's it's uh, it's probably the weirdest thing going on in the NFL. I mean, in terms of contract situations, it's up there. But uh, either way, with the Bucs, they've made a lot of ordinary quarterbacks look good at certain points. So. This will be a very interesting defensive game plan. I, I know we're going to talk about the Bucs offense, Scott, but I just want to yep. make sure I'm clear on this. The Bucs defense should dominate this game. The Saints have not played great on they offense. Should. They have, do not have the answers to be able to challenge the Bucs at all levels of the field. The Bucs can, well, because they're going to go into this. It's not like the Bills game where the Bills ran for all this yardage because the Bucs were clearly playing coverage or late in a couple fourth quarters when that's happened with Colts and, and Eagles trying to get down and score yeah. and come back. This is the Bucs are going to go into this game full, fully aware of the limitations at quarterback here and game planning to stop the run. And they haven't really been gashed by the Saints run game for the most part when they haven't even when they've gone in respecting the pass more than they will this week. So I think that this defense has this one tailor made for them. Saints are going to try and run the football on this one. Bucks have to be able to rise up and make plays. Saints offensive line is not as strong as they used to be. The pass rush has to be effective. I think having Joe Tronchuink as an inside rusher, I mean, like I said, he created his pressure was part of the reason that that interception to Richard Sherman happened. He might not have the sack numbers everybody wants to see right now, largely because he's missed nine tackles, which does need to be cleaned up. But again, if we're talking about a rookie and that's top criticism, you know, it's pretty encouraging still to see the fact that he's come in. He's been a factor and a problem on a regular basis even if the sack numbers aren't there, I think for a guy like Taysom Hill, that kind of interior quick pressure, it could just totally throw. He drops his eyes. He gets a lot of sorts. Um, I think it could throw things off, but you have to contain the pocket. That's number one. They didn't do that against Allen very well. So there's still question marks with the Bucks defense for sure. I just think on paper, there really cannot be excuses in this game, right? Scott, I mean, it's one yeah. thing with the Bills. They have a great second half. They have a great offense. They have a great quarterback. That's going to happen. But that kind of letdown can't happen against the Saints. Yeah, I mean, DeMario Davis is just – he's he's a, a Bucks wrecker. It's not like he is like the guy that gets the big turnovers, but it just – he's got such command of that defense, and he's he gets those guys in position to where you just don't see the Saints make mistakes on defense, right, John? Like, the, the, that's oh, yeah. the thing. It's, the other it's side like, of the ball is a different story to me. Yeah. Like, this is still going to be a war. Yeah, Bucks, but, Bucks but the thing is, right? But the thing is, the Bucks defense makes mistakes, you know, yeah. and and they're just yeah. not nearly as opportunistic. That's the, the, when it when it boils down to, you know, why have the, you know, why have the the Saints beat the Bucks? It's it's because of the turnovers, right? It's like the 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 Saints, with the exception of one game, which was the playoff game, and it took four Bucks takeaways on defense to zero for the Saints for them to get a 10-point win, right? So as, as much as we want to sit there and say, oh, the Bucks creamed the Saints in New Orleans, no. That was a close game until Antoine Winfield Jr. punched the ball out of uh, Jared Cook's hands and Devin White decided to scoop it up and 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 get the, the Bucks offense into the red zone. But 
the Bucks defense has got to be a lot more opportunistic because the Saints have outsacked the Bucks. The Saints have got far more takeaways. They've got pick sixes, you know, galore in this series. So yeah. it's 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 something where the Bucks defense, they for whatever reason, Sean Payton has been kryptonite because this mm-hmm. has been, with the exception of that playoff game, this has been uh, a unit that had just not shown up against the Saints. In the sack department, they have not shown up in the takeaway department. Yeah, and what's interesting, you mentioned the takeaways and the sacks. Uh, you know, this season, it's not even close. Like, the Bucs are blowing the Saints out in that regard. Right. But when they meet each other, for some reason, it doesn't play out that way all the time. But in this season, the Bucs have forced 25 takeaways. That's good enough for fifth in the NFL. The yeah. Saints have forced just 17, which is tied for 15th in the NFL. Sacks, yeah. you go to, same thing. The Bucs are 35 sacks this year, tied for sixth best in the league. And the Saints, on the other hand, are a 29 tied for 18th in the NFL. So right. there's a pretty major difference in those two regards. And that was another thing that gives me encouragement for the Bucs. If you're producing splash plays, you're up against a team that right now is struggling on that side of the ball. Yes. You know, it just the feels like it's, yeah. this is a game where the Bucks defense needs to say, that first half against the Bills, that's who we are. You know, right. in terms of coverage, in terms of pressure, yep. that's who we are. We're not going to have the letdowns that we had in the second half. It's a really good team. It was 10 bad minutes really in the in the fourth quarter that, that did it to him that right. we're going to shake that stuff off, bounce back like we did in overtime, make stops. We're going to close out the season that way, honestly. Yeah. That should be the last four yeah, games agreed. of the season. They've got to be trending that direction. Bingo. You nailed it. Uh, John, and the thing too is, is, is on paper, and this is not my prediction, folks. Don't don't uh, misquote me. On paper, this should be a 38-3 to game in the Bucks' favor. Right. I mean, that, that's that's really what what the tale of these two sure. records statistics tell you. But you throw all that stuff out when these two teams meet for whatever reason, just because, uh, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a big believer. Listen, coaching is important. Players are important. Is the NFL players game? Yes, it is. But there have been plenty of great players and great teams that have been absolutely wasted with poor coaching. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are there are some. Fantastic coaches that just don't have enough players and they get fired because they ran out of time and couldn't stock the roster. Maybe they didn't have the right general manager in place. The two have to work together. But for whatever reason, the combination of Sean Payton and Dennis Allen have worked over Bruce Arians, Byron Leftwich, and Todd Bowles. And quite honestly, it needs to stop because yeah. these, these the Buccaneers showed that, that they can match wits with Mm-hmm. the saints from from a coaching perspective they didn't get out coached in the playoff game right mm-hmm. they didn't i mean there's that one gimmick right. play that the james winston touchdown and all that stuff okay fine that's one play john mm-hmm. that was the only saints um big play in that game mm-hmm. right it was a it was a trick play touchdown yeah and there were moments that they got out coached earlier this season but i still go back to that game and i look at a lot of variables and a lot of bounces going the saints way who was a good football team at that point especially defensively Right. I really push back against the idea that Byron Leftwich and Bruce and Bruce Aarons, to whatever degree he's involved, got out coached. Because I think not in that game, not in that game. That was their their best offensive performance, right? Yeah, Yeah, they they did some really good things. And again, Brady said it. He missed the throw on the final drive. Evans was open. He should have hit him instead. He threw to Godwin earlier in the game. You know, Godwin gets held, and it results in an interception that's in Saints territory. That that hurts. The Cam Jordan play. I mean, how many times have we ever seen Brady strip sack? Like it's happened like three times in his whole. It was time such a, a fluky thing. It, it, yeah, it's it was like, just a weird it's, play. It, it's so funny. Sometimes right? football goes that way. Like, but they yeah. missed Evans right the deep touchdown right sideline early in the yep. game. They end up punting on that drive, 
and they and they missed him. He Lattimore kind of grabbed him, and and Arian said it afterward after the game on Bucks Total Access. They thought they had one there, no call. So there were a yeah. lot of those moments. Thought that were I thought schematically the Saints had struggled to find answers, but they created a couple of splash plays, a la Bulls they defense did. when they're successful. You know, I thought yeah. that was more the story of the last game. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that, and that's kind of what I'm saying. It's like the players that's kind of an issue right it's like if you look at mm-hmm. if, if you're watching us on youtube um this is the sack that tristan Wirfs gave up right he's got <laughs> he's got cameron jordan fully right. locked up and engaged like Brady. he made some ground on this play a it was bit, a good yes. bull rush by jordan right. but, but at the same it wasn't time, like the kind of like yeah it wasn't like a, the yeah. khalil max sack last year which is the correct other one works yeah the, this is a thing where where the left hand of jordan reaches out and swats the ball yeah. out of brady's hands uh, right. Didn't even really knock Brady down. Brady, I think, went to try to find the ball and ends yeah, up on his right. knee. Right. But um, but it's very it was, similar. It was that kind of game, man. It was. It, it was. was. And I'm not yeah. taking anything away from the Saints. I think, you know, offensively, obviously, they were aided by a ton of penalties, too. And that's where I get back to, man, I, how much was this game just one of those games? And how much did the Bucks really get a coach? I think we'll learn. I think we'll learn yeah. some of that in this upcoming matchup for sure. I, I want to talk about the other side of the ball for sure, Scott. But first... I want to talk about our friends over at Underdog Fantasy because right now they are running. They're still doing their deposit match, which is awesome, up to $100. And also, if you're picking, if you're doing the pick'em games over at Underdog Fantasy, the player prop bets, the over-under player stat lines that I love to do every single week, you can go to Underdog Fantasy. You can get a pick two correct, and you can triple your money. Get a pick five correct, and you win 20 times the amount of money you enter with. It's simple. Go to underdogfantasy.com. Or download their app, sign up with the code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R, and build a pick'em slip in seconds. They're going to give you a free $10 when you sign up and make your first visit. So download the Dog Fantasy app, sign up with the code Pewter, and enjoy your free $10 today. Actually, the, what they'll do is they'll match whatever you put in. So if you put in 10 they'll put in 10 If you put in 50 they'll put in 50 You put in 100 they'll match you up to $100. So Head on over to Underdog Fantasy. Check it out. I think I'm going to put something in for the, the games tonight. I'm repping. I'm not a Warriors fan. Everybody knows I'm a Suns fan, I think. But I have a Steph Curry shirt, and I'm repping it in honor of him getting the all-time three-point uh, mark last night. It was a pretty cool moment. Um, he's His story's awesome, I think. And so I am repping a little NBA on the show today because uh, I had to. But, yeah, player prop bets over on Underdog Fantasy. There's some good ones to look at uh, for sure uh, last night. Uh, let's Speaking go. of money. Check those out. Matthew, oh, Matthew, five dollars super, super chat. Nice win by the Bolts last night. Yes, yes, it Go was. Bolts. I got my free Chick Fil A. Did you get your free Chick Fil A, Scott? Do you have the app? No, I did not. When the Bolts win at home, you get free Chick Fil A. Oh, that's it's nice. The next day. Yeah, Appreciate the all you have up. to do that's is cool. have the app, and you open it up after the game, about half hour after the game, and you, I had a free spicy chicken sandwich today. It was quite delicious. If you don't know Damn, about John. it, check Look it out. Yeah, yeah. The, when stuff. they win at home, that's where it goes down. But appreciate the five dollars super chat, Matthew. Like to see Rojo get more carries and more Perryman as he rocked in 2019 with Mike and Chris down. Yeah, we're going to transition to the Bucks offense here and talk about Brashad Perryman in a second, Matthew. First, I want to get to the injury report today, mainly yes, because just I'm came going out. to forget about it if I don't. Right. Jamel Dean out with an illness. I wish we would have gotten more questions today about, like, what's what's the situation? Like, he's yeah. ill? Like, he got sick on Sunday, and he's still sick well, on Wednesday, and he missed and the, thing, the thing is, is, you know, he he recently had a concussion. Concussion. Right? But does this, this mean it's unrelated? Because he's not listed yeah. as a concussion now. And nobody well, and, asked him today. Right, exactly. And, and sometimes, and I'm not speculating, I'm just saying sometimes you can get ill, you can get some, like, vertigo-type symptoms and yep. dizziness and stuff. And, and that that can make you ill from your concussions. I don't know if that's the case here, but yeah. but I'm 
concerned that yeah. something like that might be the case or is yeah. this something unrelated what's we'll, we'll have to investigate further tomorrow yeah for sure uh leonard fournette had an ankle it did not sound serious bruce said he came in monday i think it was and he said he had a sore yeah. ankle so they, they had to just put him on the report um today was a walkthrough anyway so they listed him as did not participate yeah. didn't sound serious uh jpp full participant bradley pinion full participant right hip banged up they did sign a punter sterling hofrichter great name he punted for the falcons last year it was his only year and yep. he was really he was really good scott he was just hurt in training camp and so he didn't yep. end up so i think he's just finally healthy again so actually another nice ad it looks like based on his numbers from last year um right. just having another punter in, in store on the and he did kickoffs too for them he had yep. he had a handful of kickoffs for the falcons last year and did well too so if pinion were to go down or something like that they would have another option there uh richard sherman has an asore achilles <laughs> He just keeps showing up there. <laughs> Did not participate. Uh, Jordan Whitehead was upgraded to limited participant. That's a very good sign for this week. Having him yes. will be very helpful, especially in the box, one of the best run defending safeties in the league. Um, I think it's no surprise that that run defense has been a little without him on the field. Yeah, uh, definitely agree. Antoine Winfield with foot. Again, did not have any questions or get any clarity on that one about how serious that is. So we're kind of in the dark there. We'll try and figure out more as the week goes on. Won't get Arians again until Friday, though. Uh, for the Saints, significant stuff. Teron Armstead yes. did not participate with a knee injury today. Right. Um, and the other tackle, tackle, too. Obviously. Ryan, yeah, and, uh, Ryan Ramchick also did not yeah. participate with a knee. I believe they've both been playing through injury. I'm trying yeah, to remember now. So neither have been 100% for most of the year. Um, Marcus Davenport limited with the shoulder. He'll probably keep playing, but he's not been 100% this season. Um, Caden Ellis, special teamer, uh, has a hamstring injury, did not participate. John C. Gardner Johnson has been playing hurt and honestly is just having a pretty rough season for the Saints. He was a limited participant with a toe injury. Aside from when he plays the Buccaneers. <laughs> I mean, well, he got the pick, but Chris Godwin lit him up for like 140 yards. So yeah, I don't know. It just depends with, with him. He's all over the place. But Garrett Griffin, the tight end, did not participate for the Saints. Uh, Taysom Hill, full participant with that right finger injury. Little Jordan Humphrey, who's actually been a part of their wide receiver room, has yeah. did not participate either with a hamstring injury. And Ramchick, you mentioned, did not participate with the knee. And then Pete Werner, the linebacker, uh, who's one of their starters now, I believe, did not uh, is limited with an elbow injury. So they're banged up, but uh, you know most of those guys are going to play, just probably not at 100. percent So we'll see. Also, Cam Jordan and Mark Ingram are on the COVID list, I believe, right? Uh, if I'm remembering correctly. So yep. let's get to that question about Brashad Perryman because it was a good one. Yeah. How, what's you know how I always talk, Scott? You know, it was a great moment. I give the moment its props. The fifty-eight yard catch. Reality yeah. is, he didn't have any catches. He had one target. You know, again, he he didn't play that many snaps though. He played twenty-six snaps, I think, and Ty Johnson played forty something. Right. So Ty Johnson got the wide receiver through rule back for this game. It seemed like. I'm not really sure what the process is there, but what's your read on the room going forward? Who do you want to see play the most? Do you want like a had them to split at halves do you want scotty miller to play are you that influenced by one play or are you looking at the bigger sample size of well this guy's played a lot of snaps without much production part of the reasons he's playing with a lot of other good players like what what do you think about the wide receiver room uh, um i like the the hot hand um you know and and listen we'll see i'm a big believer you know i, I don't go around quoting aristotle john but when i do it's this quote um excellence is a habit, not an act. Mm. Okay, so mm -hmm. uh, just dropping some, you know, uh, upper school knowledge there. I did go to Kansas State after all, so uh, we know about things like Aristotle. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is, is 
I want to see Brichard Perryman have more than one moment because you know what he did in 2019. And I thought it was really telling what Brady said um, in his post-game interview with Tracy Wolfson off the field when he said, yeah, you know, uh, you know that that play uh, gives us some confidence. And I think Brady was saying, like, I didn't really trust this guy. Like every time mm-hmm. I throw him the ball, he dropped a touchdown against the Giants. He had a catchable pass. I think that he couldn't haul in earlier in the game. And, you know, Brady throws to the open guy and the, on the last play. It happens to be Perryman. He scores the touchdown. I think Arians probably is talking this guy up. Yeah, back in 2019, this guy did this. This guy did that for us. And Tom's like, um, okay, that was like 2019. And like, you know, what have you done for me lately? Right. And, and the thing is, is, is Perriman really didn't come on. Matter of fact, I, 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 I wrote a column, I think saying the Bucks should cut him mm. during the 2019 season, because I'm just looking at a 2019 season. Now, this is how things started for Perriman in 2019, two catches for 10 yards, zero catches, I'm just going down the weeks here. One catch, six yards, zero catches, zero catches, four for 42, two for 17, one for 20, one for 44 against Atlanta. That's kind of when he started to awaken, right? That's Mm. that was November 24th, 2019, right? So that we're 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 over, yeah, we're over halfway through the season. Brashard Perriman was a non-factor for the entire first half of the season, right? Yeah. That 44-yard catch, it kind of ignites him. Then they have five catches for 87 yards against Jacksonville. Evans gets hurt on December 8th, pulls the hamstring on a touchdown. He's done for the year. So he's mm-hmm. out for three and a half games. And, and guess what? He catches a touchdown in that game. Uh, does Perriman three catches, 70 yards and a touchdown. Then three 100-yard games back to back to back. I don't yeah. know, John. I, I don't either. <laughs> So I, I, every I, time I, you're I ready to bury the deep yeah, Manny. I want to see that guy again, but he's going to have to show me more than one play because yeah. he, he's kind of starting off as he did in 2019. He plays in three games, does absolutely nothing, and then did nothing on Sunday outside of that play. So um, it just seems to me that this organization is kind of moving on from Scotty Miller, which is shocking to me yeah. given how – big of a factor he was john you've said it before i'll say it again for you mm. he was the leading receiver on this team heading into the saints game on sunday night football last year at the midway point yeah then antonio wow. brown comes to town and scotty miller is just yesterday's news yeah. until ab gets hurt and then he yeah. has some great catches in the, in the postseason but That's here's crazy. the thing when, when ab comes back off the suspension list you know I don't see Scotty Miller being active anymore. Do you? No, he's not active right now. So I definitely don't see him being active yeah. at that point. No, I think it's, uh, you know, they'll have to, I think they might carry six at that point. Um, we'll see. But yeah, I mean, that's definitely, there's, I don't and, know what goes and, on. And listen, and, 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 no, I'll just say this too. Like, like I can almost get more of the love affair for Brashad Perriman than I can for Jalen Darden. Like, I don't want to give up on the guy and, and bury a rookie. I haven't seen, Anything. He had a good return. It just got called back okay. to the penalty. Okay. I, don't, Great. I haven't seen right. one return. I, I don't know. <laughs> I just, I just don't see it. It's too many times. He reminds me of Dexter Jackson, not the Super Bowl MVP, but slip and slide. The guy called slip and slide. The guy who, when, when he was near contact on a punt return, would literally like slide, duck down, whatever. And it's like, are we seeing the second version of slip and slide here? I thought this guy was tougher, and I, I'd like to, to see it. And it was not the biggest guy. 
But I mean, Warwick Dunn wasn't a big guy either. He was tough as nails. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Super no. chat from Harrison. Thank you so much for that. Love the pod. It, it's likely that the secondary will only have a few games together. How do you project this unit performing in the playoffs? It depends on who's available, right, John? <laughs> it does. I think it'll be. I think that starting five will be ready at that point, and Edwards I will be so. back. I, I but I mean, Whitehead being limited today gives me some hope. They won't push him for this week, but obviously, yeah. if he's ready, they'll they'll play him, um, and that that can help a lot. Uh, you know, I watched the snaps where Sherman was at safety. I mean, he didn't get thrown at necessarily a lot, but they missed a coverage rotation. And again, I'm not blaming him. Like he missed a coverage rotation and then the Bills last drive, and it probably should have been a long touchdown to Diggs and Allen yeah. missed the throw and the timing was off or whatever. But you know, he you know, and he missed the tackle. Again, he's trying to fill the alley from a deep safety position for the first time in his life. And he's right. now has less athleticism to work with. So there's so little margin for error. True. I just don't get it at all, man. Like Play him at outside corner, move Murphy Bunting to the slot, put Cockrell back there at safety with Winfield and stop screwing yeah. around. Like instead, Cockrell's given up 80 yards in the slot to Cole Beasley, who he doesn't. Yeah. I mean, Murphy Bunting might have gotten toasted by Cole Beasley too, but like that was the Bills' offense. Like they were throwing right. those quick strikes to Beasley. And it's like, well, why don't you just move Cockrell back to safety? Like Sherman, they're not running the ball. You don't have to have the safety, you know, running the alley every single time to like make a play. Like you, you just right. need a guy who can play in coverage. And that's, so I didn't understand the approach. It felt like they like couldn't wait to pull out this Sherman's going to play safely in a game. Like, yeah. oh boy, you know, it was just like, <laughs> I mean, like and Aaron said on Bucks Total Access that he got a pick as a safety. I mean, he's impressed man coverage at the line of scrimmage yeah. on the play. Okay. So I, I mean, maybe rolled up from to cover the tight end, but he was impressed man. Like that's something that he can do. If you want him to do that, if you want him to be your dime guy in that way, okay, that's awesome. Right. You know, I don't know if you'll need that against the Saints, but that's awesome if you want to use that. But I mean, I'm just saying like, it doesn't make any sense to be having him out there with, I mean, he was out there in do or die time against Josh Allen and the bills. Like it, honestly, they're lucky. They didn't actually go after him with many concepts. They really didn't attack him. They, yeah, they probably should have and not to discredit him. It's just first time playing safety. And you know, he's probably a below average athlete for a defensive back in a day's NFL right now. It's just a tough sell. Well, and it's like, he's made it last. I mean, I, I love Richard Sherman, like the player, the body, yeah, the body the, you know, the body. I love the body of work. I don't love the body right now. I mean, the <laughs> yeah. body's broken down, Let's, you know, we'll and see it, what this Achilles is, but yeah, I'd love yeah. him as a dime oh, safety yeah. stopper. Absolutely. If they run up against somebody, I'm trying to even think real quick in the playoffs, if any of the other NFC teams, yeah, have like a great tight end. I mean, the just Cardinals wish this guy was but... healthy because you know, I mean, he the body work is there, but oh, the yeah, current, the current body is just broken down right now, and it's yeah, it stinks, you know, yeah, it's he's it, definitely team. banged up, yeah, yeah, there's no question. But I mean, you know, he's an, he's another guy that I, I think his it's great that he's here. I just think he coaches everybody up. You watch oh, yeah. the all 22 there's tape, some he's, value, he's running uh, on the field. Sean Murphy yeah. Bunting made that like third and two tackle, and he threw the receiver down or short of the sticks. Yeah. And, you know, he's running out onto the field and like he's an energy guy. He encourages the younger guys. I think he helps build their confidence up. He knows how to teach and talk to people. Yeah, um, yeah he's I think he's a very helpful part of the team. I love the fact that they brought him in. Yeah, it's in a, and he made a great play on the pick. He was blanketing yeah. the I think oh, yeah. it was Dawson Knox on that play. That was, that was vintage Sherman, like yeah. anticipation and jumping was, on that. And right. all that. Those kind of roles, if you need him against a, a tight, you know, he can physically match up with those guys like he right. he can be a valuable player in the right matchup but i i just think ask him to play safety when you don't need him to as an emergency option okay but you didn't need him right you had cockerley you could have put murphy bunning in the slot put sherman outside a corner like 
it just felt like they were trying to be too cute a little bit. But anyway, it didn't it didn't burn them. You know, I doubt they do that against the Saints because no reason to they're not going to be playing dime as much against the Saints. But yeah, it will be interesting to see how they deploy people still uh, this week. I think that right. there's no question in my mind that if Dean can go, you know, he and Carlton Davis are the outside guys. I yep. do wonder if there's going to be at some point not frustration toward Dean, just like if he can't finish a game because this is set what four games this year where he has gone yeah. in and then been out in the first half because of something. Right. It's like, do we want to practice all week without him? And then he put him in there on the outside. You know, right. I think he's played great. I'm not saying this was his fault, but like first play of the game against the Bills, they should have had a touchdown. He didn't know the coverage call, and neither did Sean Murphy Bunting, I think, either of them, to that side of the field. And right. receiver Emmanuel Sanders ran right by him, wide open touchdown. Josh Allen just didn't even see it, end up throwing the ball on the flat. You know, yep. it, was, it would have been an easy walk-in score. And, you know, that kind of stuff, it's like, okay, if we practice all week without him and then play him, yeah, is he going to be ready? Because he's a guy where the mental right. reps probably matter a lot still in his third year. So that's something the Bucks are going to have to weigh too. Is at what point does he miss so much practice time that he might not be able to be himself out there? And maybe Murphy right. Bunting gives us a better chance to win. I don't know. I'm with I you. Hate that idea, but yep. Uh, Harvin has got a great question uh, or comment. Really, I fear this current COVID infection tsunami in the NFL is going to totally knock out a team or two. Hopefully, Tampa, but won't be one of those teams. You know, Bruce Arians said something really interesting today. And it's like, you know, we're kind of seeing down here in Florida, John, it's 80 degrees today, right? It's December, right? I'm waiting for some cold weather to get here. Uh, winter in Florida is measured um, by days, not weeks yeah. or months. Okay. Like it is up North. And right. what Bruce Arian said is, 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 is true. Um, they do a lot of stuff outside. The Bucks still have the, the, the COVID protocols in place where they spread the team out. Mm. Uh, they do, they do meetings in, in open air, type mm -hmm. of environments. So the the risk factor for the Buccaneers, and not just that, it's like, you know, there's still people like going for walks and there's no snow here and there's no cold weather. People are outside and they're not indoors where they're they're being, you know, mm -hmm. susceptible to to catch everything COVID. happens indoors. Yeah. And exactly. Uh, like it is up more. north. And so I, I think just from a geography standpoint, I think the Buccaneers might be in, in good shape. And in case you don't know when the team does go on the road, Arians has a rule that uh, it's not an NFL protocol. It's a Bruce Arians protocol, and mm -hmm. I think it's a great one. It's something that that he did last year. Nobody goes out on the road. So mm -hmm. when, when they go on the road for these next couple of games, they go from the airport to the hotel. Everything is is you know is is kept in in there. So there's no risk yep. of going out to a restaurant or a bar. Or a shop or whatever in, in catching something. So, so right. far, knock on what it's worked for the Buccaneers. And I think that from a geography standpoint, it definitely helps the Buccaneers. Yeah. Could definitely be a factor. No question about it. Uh, some, some good comments here. And I appreciate uh, some of the support. Whereas it Steven said, I love John's take on the bills penalty thing. Bucks had just as many bad right. against them that caused the game to be as close as it was. I appreciate all the Bucks fans jumping in on Twitter and, I did not know, expect it to be a complete war zone. I mean, a disaster <laughs> field right now in my mentions on Twitter. Yeah. Bills versus Bucks fans just going to war. We might have created like an actual rivalry. The Bucks might in this game. Yeah. The refs might have. I don't know. But yeah, plenty of bad, bad calls to go around. I definitely feel Bills frustration. Bills fans frustrations. I think Bucks fans would be frustrated too. And if they were, I would just remind Bucks fans. Most games, it usually goes both ways. You know, that I said That's that right. in the Cowboys game, the end of the game. Unless you play you know, the Saints, and then it's completely lopsided <laughs> every time in favor of the Saints. Yeah, and let, and then the Saints fans are the same thing. You go yeah. into their playoffs, and, you know, so it's just every fan base has felt like this. 
at the end of the day, speaking like, of, the better team won in that game. Speaking of Saints fans, maybe the Saints number one fan now, Drew Brees. I kind of went to war with him on Twitter oh my last gosh. night. Oh, gosh. I had to. Sorry. That was cheap Coach and petty on my part. For, but you know, but what oh is well. he thinking when he tweets that? Like, what is he thinking when he says, what did he say something like? And then what? And then what and, happened? And, or and then it was a whooping. Okay, great. Whooping. Celebrate you, that thirty-eight to three win. What do you think the replies to this tweet are going to be? God. Like you just set yourself up to get cooked yeah. on Twitter. Like, yeah, that was pretty brutal. I, I you know, hate to see a guy walk into it like that, but you know, I, I that's had like a day one Twitter I, mistake. Yeah. Right there. I, I had to let him up with that. Yeah, and yeah. and I, I reminded him that his last NFL career pass was an interception by Mike Edwards. Yeah, in his last right. game was an L in his own place. Yeah, to the eventual like, Super Bowl right. champion. And we're not like trying to like you know it's not like we're like super anti Drew Brees or anything. It's just like buddy, if you're gonna put that out there on Twitter, you walk, you're gonna get it, yeah. man. Like, <laughs> you're gonna got, get it. He got I, wrecked. Like I might have had an old fashioned last night, John. That yeah. might have been the the impetus for that. Tweet. Watching the lightning win in overtime, and you got, you got maybe that was a factor. Out. I don't know. That might have been it. That might have been it. No question about it. But in this game, let's get back to some yep. of the statistics for this matchup because when the Bucs have the ball, I want people to think about this for a second. We are going into week 15. The Bucs are first in the NFL in points per game by like two points per game too. Like right. it's not very close in terms of you know points per game right now in the yep. NFL. They are, are they first still, are they in yards the, per game. Are they still the only team only over team 30 over points? 30. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only okay, team yeah. over 30. They're at 31 and a half. 410 yards per game, first in the NFL. 314 passing yards per game. Only team over 300 passing yards per game, I believe, also. 7.5 yards per attempt and pass. Yeah. They're, they only average 96 yards per game rushing, but that's 25th in the NFL. But, Scott, let me ask you this. like, If the Bucks ran for 96 yards in every game the rest of the year, how happy would you be with their rushing performance? Probably extremely happy, right? Like, yeah. 96 yards is great for a sure. team that never runs the football. For the They're Buccaneers, averaging 4.3 yeah. yards per carry. And yeah, John, great. John, you said something that was really important in your Bucks briefing. Mm -hmm. And and Bruce Arians says this too, and, and it's something that really needs to be highlighted. It's, it's not so much about rushing production uh, as it is about rushing efficiency, mm -hmm. right? It's getting the most out of your runs because you can sit there, and, you know, I, I I can I can run the ball for 125 yards, mm -hmm. right? But if I average 2.9 yards per carry doing it, and it, it might take me 42 carries to get that number, right? Mm -hmm. um, that's that's not really telling how effective or how successful the Bucks' run game was. Like for example, when the Bucks back in 2002 ran the ball. Uh, up in Philly against that that Hugh Douglas, you know Jim Johnson defense in the NFC Championship game, I think Mike Allstott averaged like 2.8 yards per carry, but the efficiency of the Bucks running game, and I think the Bucks only ran the ball for like 70 75 yards, something like that. Yeah. But they converted so many third and ones with the running game, and so it was the efficiency that made the running game effective, not so much the production. And that's something that that you're kind of mm -hmm. Telling us about two. Yeah, second in EPA, expected points added per rush, which you know, to not get into it too much, but it basically tells you the amount of value that they're adding per rush. Like, are yeah. they wasting carries? Are they not? Are they getting them in effective situations? Are they not? The success rate across the NFL, they're second in success rate per rush as well. That means, you know, if on uh, first down, do you get 40% uh, uh, of the yards to gain or 70% or of the yards to gain? On second down, do you get 40% of the yards to gain? On third down, do you get 100% or third and fourth down, do you get 100% of the yards to gain? So they're effective in those situations where they right. where they need to be effective by and large. So this is a good sign for the rushing. The, the changes to the scheme have been 
everything, you know, I've kind of said this to you that I think Leonard Fournette's his growth as a pass catcher and as a pass protector have been, I think I've called it the most surprising thing about the Bucks team this season has been his growth in those two areas. I still think as a pure rusher, Ronald Jones is better. I totally understand why they don't give him more opportunities. Obviously with Giovanni Bernard on injured reserve now, that probably will happen for Ronald Jones. I am just curious to see what it's going to mean for the rush game because to me, if I think if people studied every rep of the tape, I think Ronald Jones is just a better pure runner. I've said this for all season. I think a lot of Bucks fans do agree. Yeah. I know there's definitely a defensive Lenny out there, and it's it's warranted. Lenny's been terrific, and especially like I said, pass game and pass protection, especially just awesome. Like I mean, way better than I ever could have expected him right. to be this season. But I am just curious to see what happens with the pure running game if Rojo gets more opportunities because when Gio was in there. They never gave him the ball, so he never. I mean, he has as many carries right. as Keyshawn Vaughn this season. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, he wasn't going to run the football. Now I wonder if there, if it's like, okay, we're going to give Ronald Jones Giovanni Bernard's eight snaps a game or whatever, and so now Rojo's up to sixteen, and we're going to run half of those times. So now Rojo's getting a few more carries a game, and I just wonder if they can hit one with him because right now the blocking in the run game and the scheme in the run game are like times ten what they were last year when Rojo had a still pretty good season for yeah. the Bucks, and I just wonder. Like if there was a better pure rusher back there, just like what are the heights right. for this run game? And and Rojo still has his drawbacks. I, I don't think it's yep. gonna be significant difference, but it's I'm curious well, enough on that front just because the blocking and the scheme have been so good. I, I'm with you. And you highlighted the Bucks uh, offensive line, John, in your Bucks briefing. Um, you know, I appreciate all yeah. the twenty dollar oh super chats you're giving me for promoting your column today, John. But no, it was really well done. And um, speaking of super chats, Matthew with a five dollar shout out to the big guys up front to give Brady time to scan the field, see all the reads, off season a challenge on the O line, and that's right because you've got two big guys, Ryan Jensen, and Alex Kappa, who are going to be free agents along with Rojo and along with Leonard Fournette and Giovanni Bernard. So we're talking about this running game that might only have a couple of games left together. It'd be interesting mm -hmm. to see how you know, what that is going forward. And I am actually addressing the running back position of my fab five, Leonard mm. Fournette's future, as well as taking a look at some running backs that, that could help this team because one of these guys, maybe two out of the three free agent to be is Fournette Jones and Bernard. It's not going to be here. Yeah, for so sure. You got, and, you, you and got Keyshawn Vaughn. Yeah. They're going to have to right. draft a running back. Is it going to be early? We've seen Ronald Jones get drafted in the second round. We knew that they liked, uh, Antonio Gibson out of Memphis early. We knew that they liked Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin early, but they've also drafted running backs late under uh, 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 Jason Light, whether it yeah. was Keyshawn Vaughn in the third round, dare I say Jeremy I mean, yeah. McDougals in the fifth. It's so obvious you can find these guys anywhere. That's the nice yeah. part about running backs. Why I just don't fret about it at all. Like if you screw yep. up the evaluations on three guys at that position, like Lord help you, because it just right. rarely, I mean, look at the Cardinals. They're out here with, James Conner, who his body was just cooked basically in Pittsburgh yeah. the last couple of years, and he scored. He's going to score twenty touchdowns this season. Yeah. Scott. I mean, that's a phenomenal year. Like right. that's just, and that's what I mean. Like this is every year we talk about this kind of stuff when the scheme is right and the blocking is right. Yeah, it's amazing how many backs can be productive in today's NFL. So sure. they'll prioritize. We'll see what happens yeah. with that. I, I think Cleveland's the same way, right? Whether it's Chubb, yeah, whether it's yeah. Hunt, whether it's Johnson, you know, De it's, it's Johnson, yeah. like Dernest Johnson. It's like the same running game. And yeah. Seattle has been the the master uh, when it comes to to running games. They don't always have the best mm -hmm. running game, but but they're, they're consistently yeah. Yeah. good because. 
they draft running backs every year. And sometimes yeah. it's a first rounder like Richard Penny, who's, you know, aside from the other night, <laughs> has not been that great at all, right? He's been a bit of no. a bust. But then sometimes they draft a guy in the seventh round, like like Chris, Chris Carson, Carson out of yeah. Oklahoma State, and he becomes more of that thousand yard workhorse back. So um I, I I think we're getting to the point now where you've seen the the Bucks draft Ronald Jones, and a couple of years later it's Keyshawn Vaughn. And I think you're going to see the Bucks draft another running back this year to get a cheaper version, a cheaper option in there uh, to you know to roll with with either Leonard if he comes back. I don't think Rojo's coming back. Giovanni if he, if he comes back, and and then of course Keyshawn Vaughn, who we haven't seen much of outside of a gunner this year, John. So yeah, yep. I know we got to wrap it up here pretty soon. Let's touch one last thing I want to talk yep. about. I think the key for this Bucks game offensively is how they match up with the Saints variety of bodies they throw out there on the D-line. Like the Saints have this unique ability to challenge the Bucks in two ways that I think everybody has. How have the Saints given the Bucks problems? They can go six deep at DB and and they get six good players on the field when they're healthy. Like that's yep. that was the Saints recipe last year. But we already saw that we already saw some chinks in the armor this year, Scott, to be honest. Chauncey Gardner Johnson had, had a heck of a time against Chris Godwin. Yep. Marshawn Lattimore, they usually rely on to be a stud and shut down Mike Evans. He's not he spent had a great the whole year. game getting yep. toasted. It didn't might not look like it on the box score, but he had a rough game. PFF evaluated it as such. It was one of his worst graded games of his career, I believe. And so he's had a and he's had a rough season. It's continued. Yep. The safety, the Saints are still good. Malcolm Jenkins and 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 uh and Marcus Williams are still very good. The other cornerback spot has been a problem area too. Bradley Roby, Paulson Adebo, neither have looked ready. Neither have been as good as Janoris Jenkins was last year for them. Um, and Janoris was still the weak spot for that group last year. So, you know, there are more holes in that area than there've been in the past. Where I don't think that's true, unless Cam Jordan's out, or you know, we'll see what happens with Marcus Davenport. Is up front. The Saints have still had. They still have a ton of bodies. They can throw a lot of people out there. If Cam Jordan's healthy and playing, Marcus Davenport, David Onyemata, those are three guys that are in your rush packages that all three of those guys honestly can still win one-on-one -on -one at a high level, and they all present challenges all up and down the lineup. Like They can put Davenport yep. inside and bring Granderson off the edge, and he's tough. And so they just have had a lot of people that have been – obviously when they had Tano Passigno and they had yep. Peyton Turner, they had more bodies they could throw out there. Those guys are on IR right now. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson as well. I believe they've opened up his window. Maybe I'm not sure how that's working with him right now. I think he, or maybe they got him off last week because I think he played last week. So I don't know why he's listed on the IR here that I'm seeing. But and Adam Troutman, I believe the tight end, by the way, came back today as well to start his practice window. We'll see if he becomes healthy as well. So there are, you know, there are still questions with their defensive line. It's not as deep as it was when they played in midseason, but that's still the group, in my opinion. Like they can still put out yep. four guy good players, and then there's obviously Demario Davis, who I think is probably one of the toughest players that the Bucs play each year. He, yeah. From every standpoint, there's no weakness to his game. He knows what they're doing. He communicates. He rallies everyone else around him. He's probably one of the hardest individual players that Tampa Bay has to overcome each year, and I think Brady would say the same thing. So those guys still present a big challenge up front for the Bucs, I think. Yeah, and speaking of challenge, um, we're going to come up with our, our picks here in just a minute, John. Um, but the challenge for me will be, can I match – last week's winnings on my bookie because i had a great oh. week i hit the prop bets big time on on sunday's game against the bills thankfully it went into overtime because tom brady threw for over 300 yards rob gronkowski went over four catches and he went over 60 yards all in the overtime period and i hit 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 on those prop bets so folks the holiday season is upon us my bookie is in the giving spirit with 12 straight days of giveaways 
Every day, there's a new exclusive promotion for you to redeem. And the best part is it's all free when you sign up and make your first deposit with my bookie starting December 21st. That's coming up like what next week and ending on January 1st. You can bring in the new year right with giveaways that can help you fill your stockings with cash this season from odds on boosts to casino chips to straight up locks. My bookies 12 days of giveaways is a can't miss promotion. And folks, I have cashed in on their giveaways. So you if you're thinking about joining my bookie, do it now because this is the time to cash in with these 12 straight days of giveaways. And that's not all. When you get started with my bookie, they're going to match your all-time first deposit up to $1000 with the promo code pewter. That's double your funds to double your winnings and get in on all the best action of my bookie. Don't miss out. Double your first deposit up to $1,000 by using promo code Pewter. Head to my bookie, place your bets, and get in on the best 12 days of the year today. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. And Scott, if you want to make a little more money so that you can spend it at my bookie, where are you going to go to do that? Just to make a little bit more money? You're yeah. Go. Our friends and invest a little bit over at Immuni Financial. At Immuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Dude, congratulations. We're so happy Thank for you. you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Immuni Financial. Plan ahead. Stay ahead. John, we got to do it. We got to get to Colorado, man. It's too hot down here in Florida. I'm, I'm, I'm a Midwestern guy at heart. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm missing the cold weather. They got it there. They, we don't have it down here. But listen, what they do have at Muni Financial is the ability to help you manage your family's wealth. And that means more to Muni Financial than simply allocating your assets. It means legacy planning, brokerage and advisory services, retirement accounts, college savings accounts, and insurance services with over 40 years of experience in the Tampa Bay area. Let Immuni Financial help you plan ahead and stay ahead. Do what I do. I called Immuni Financial. I've got most of my investments with Immuni Financial. Um, I just love working with Mark and David. Mm -hmm. Visit them on, online at immuni.com or give them a call at 1-800-868-6864. All right. It's prediction time, Scott. We got to put our uh, money where our mouths are now. That's and right. We've talked at length about this matchup, so I'll let you go first, obviously, because I'm such a gentleman. Who do you think wins this game? I think the Buccaneers win this game. I've been burned before because I've picked them. I always thought this is the time where they're going to beat the the, the Saints. This the is the time. Matter of fact, I've been wrong every single time, I believe. I think dating back to the last wow. two years, I think I've been wrong. Yeah. Wow. Uh, except I think I picked the Saints to beat the Bucs in, in, in week one okay. with Brady. Yeah. Right. But um, I was even wrong in the playoff game. I was like, hey, you got to prove it to me before right. I pick you. But I, I think that the, the Saints are reeling right now. The Buccaneers just are in, in complete control. They want the the hats and T-shirts on Sunday night. They do. They want to – this is the best way for the Buccaneers to, to win the NFC South is to steal the crown from the team that is currently wearing it. That's the Saints doing it on national television. Mm -hmm. John, this team has not forgotten what happened last year about this time, maybe a little bit earlier in the season, but on Sunday night in Tampa, that 38-3 beatdown still lingers up here. They want to make amends for that. They want to make amends for what happened uh, on Halloween in New Orleans. So I think that Tampa Bay is the hungrier team. 
think they come out more focused. The defense, I think, comes out and actually gets some takeaways, John. That's what they need. But it's still going to be close. Why? Because mm-hmm. it's Bucks Saints. Um, and every time yeah. the Bucks win, it's a close one. Every time the Saints win, it's kind of a blowout. So mm-hmm. I think the Bucks won a close one, 30 to 26. Believe it or not, Scott, this is my fifth game as a Bucks beat reporter covering Bucks Saints because last year too in the, right. in the playoffs yep. this year. And I predicted all four correctly. I predicted the winner of every game correctly. Do it again, John. Do it so again. I'm going for it. I just want people to know that track record's out there in this matchup. And I'm sick. I'm picking the Bucks to win. Yes. I, will yes, it be the prettiest game in the world? Does it scare me a little bit? Because the Bucks are coming off a very emotional, very hard-fought win. And the Saints have basically everything to play for. I mean, everything. Like This is where they those some of those guys thrive back against the wall, trying to stay in the NFC South, keeping the Bucks from winning the title. Literally, their playoff lives, like all the doubters, you know, all that kind of stuff. They thrive on it for sure. So I think it's going to be a close game. I think Bucks fans are going to want to break some things in their house during the first half, and then I think in the fourth quarter the Bucks are able to pull away a little bit. Maybe it's late in the game. Maybe it's a field goal drive at the end of the game to win it. But I'm going 23 to 20 as the final score in this one. I think it's going to be what's the score? scoring. 23 to 20. Wow. I think it's going to be lower okay. scoring. I think the Bucks pull it out. I think it's going to be ugly, but I think they're going to get that NFC South title. And then I think they're going to win the rest of their games as well this season, too. Well, maybe I shouldn't spoil that, but I don't think anybody saw me picking. We'll see. Maybe old school, maybe old Cam Newton will come back and maybe <laughs> I'll turn against the Bucks for one game. Yeah, but see, we'll see. The, I, I'm with Brian and John. 23, 23 points, points at, home. at home. Yes. They always score 30 points at home. Yeah, they do. Uh, but the, I think the Saints, are, I think it's going to be one of those games, man, coming off an emotional. Until the Bucks can string them together and come out like yeah. gangbusters like they did against the Bills, right? When right. they can do that week to week and not have, oh, Washington game? Oh, Giants game. Oh, uh, who is it after that? The Colts game? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, you know, like every time it's like you have no idea to expect with how they're going to start a game. Like you That's just true. don't have any clues. This team so. keeps it interesting That's week right. to week. There's no it's, doubt about it. It's, it's Yeah, it's not at that point yet where it's like, okay, every week they come out the same way against everybody. We just haven't seen that. So until they do, right. you know, you know I, I, again, I think you're going to get some unpredictable scores. But yeah, we'll see. I think it's going to be 20 through 20 bucks. Hopefully, okay. hope it's more. It would be awesome to just blow them out and win the division that way that would be sick to watch i think um yeah but i think a lot of bucks fans would find that very therapeutic but i don't see it this time but we'll see we'll see i I think a lot of buccaneer fans as long as the bucks have got one more point than the other guys do i think they'll be fine with it yeah that's true that's yeah very true the way places they've been okay everybody in the chat hit the thumbs up give us a like uh before you head on out of the out of the chat out of the show uh give us a like on this one on this stream and uh subscribe to the pewter report tv youtube channel as well hit the like button on our videos right now we got a bunch of videos going up i got an all 22 up on the good and bad of brady from the last game some of the things he did great Great video some of the things that he struggled with a little bit at times too and then uh, i also looked at the end of the game situation and looked at those calls by the officials and how they can swing narratives a little bit sometimes about a player or a game or things like that. So check it out over on YouTube. We're trying to get more stuff up there this week as well. I know Paul's thinking about something, doing something as well. So make sure you're subscribed, hit the like button, check it all out. We appreciate y'all. We love y'all. We'll be back 4 p.m. Eastern tomorrow uh, for more on the Peter Report podcast. Out. Out.